What's up? This is Shanti Shoestring Doss, and you're tuned in to Props. Shoestring in the house. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shanti Shoestring Das, and welcome to episode eight of Props. Last time we brought you an interview with my man, Michael Bivens, celebrating the 25th year anniversary of BBD. And this next interview, whew. I don't even know where to start to introduce this young man. And yes, he's a young man. He still looks like he's 25. I am so honored to be sitting here and about to interview someone that I've looked up to uh, since I was a young girl um, wanting to work in the entertainment industry. And he certainly produced and and worked with some of the artists that I loved as a young lady. Um, you guys give a warm, warm Round of applause for my man, my friend, who is a wonderful producer and philanthropist, Mr. Teddy Riley. Hey, Sean. Hey. How's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm great. Blessed, you know, just happy to receive my gifts every day. Absolutely. I wake up every morning thanking God that I'm up. Yep. And it's funny now, like, I used to, like, really enjoy kind of laying in bed and Figuring out what my day is going to be like and maybe uh-huh. going back to sleep. But now I feel like God gives us all this time. I don't want to waste it. Yeah. But you know what? It's sometimes good, you know, to lay in the bed <laughs> and just relax, relax and be. because that's still the gifts. I hear you. You know, it. a lot of people don't understand that you have to take time out for yourself. I used to never, ever, ever take time out for myself. And now... I realize what I miss. Mm. I miss taking time. Like, I totally, it bypassed me. Wow. It's almost like Michael. He never had a kid life. I never had a time for myself. Mm. And still, you know, I'm giving myself time, but still don't have, like, enough time because I feel like I'm missing something if I don't get down here to this lab. Yeah. So. I feel you. Well, can we talk about the early days? You grew up in Harlem. Yeah. All my life. I grew up in Harlem. Not only grew up in Harlem, but I was born in Harlem Hospital. Were you really? Yes. What block did you grow up on in Harlem? Uh, St. Nick Projects. And what? And that's 129th Street between 7th and 8th Avenue. Ah. Right around the corner from the Apollo. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, okay, so that's ironic, right? Or not so much? Yeah. That you grew up around the corner from the Apollo. Yeah. And actually... uh, you know, so ironic uh, and crazy at the same time. But I used to go to the Apollo. Uh, the school mm-hmm. I went to was Harry and Tubman. How old were you? This is the elementary five, school that's right across the street five, from the yeah. back of the Apollo? Yeah. Shut up. I went to that school. Oh so going to that school, we used to go to the Apollo for um, research mm-hmm. and seeing like uh, films about life, sure. uh, health education, mm-hmm. and education. So they used to take us to Apollo. The Apollo would, would donate, you know, and show the film. Mm-hmm. And one day we went to see the film uh, Save the Children. Mm-hmm. And uh, Save the Children was a film about, you know, saving our children and our generation, mm-hmm. which I think kids need to see today. But better than that, after seeing that, 
see the Apollo after seeing a movie, mm -hmm. the screen goes up mm. and you see a performance. Right. Who so did you get to see? I got to see Marvin Gaye perform no because way. he was the soundtrack. I was six, five, five. And what a great story. Yeah. And um, that was one of the s several times I've been to the Apollo. Uh -huh. So I've been going to the Apollo since the age of five. Now, let me ask you this. When you saw Marvin Gaye on stage, which obviously he's one of the greatest entertainers of our time. What, like, did you get a feeling inside like you knew something that you wanted to do in music or? Not when I had seen him. Okay. I'll tell you when I knew that I wanted to be in music mm -hmm. and I wanted to be a superstar. That was my thing. I want to be a superstar. Okay. Was when my uh, babysitters, mm -hmm. Karen and Sharon, they were twins. Okay. And uh, they they always took us to the Apollo Amateur Night mm -hmm. Wednesday. Wow. Well, they took us to see a show and it was Gladys Knight. Oh. And... Um, Gladys picked me up on the stage what? while singing Neither One of Us. Yeah. Oh and later, later, later on in my life, mm -hmm. when I was old enough to actually meet her, yes. I was working on the Winans, mm -hmm. uh, a friend album, the album. Yes. And I did It's Time to Make That Change and two other songs. And, and uh, Barry Hankison, who was my manager at the time, mm -hmm. Well, about to be my manager. Good old Barry. <laughs> Good old Barry. <laughs> he, he, he brought Gladys to the studio. And I got to meet her and tell, told her, I said, you may not remember this because this was many, many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. But you picked me up on the stage and you were singing Neither One of Us. And all I could remember was telling my godmother, who named me Teddy, mm -hmm. that, she said, so now that you've been to the Apollo and you've seen that, what do you want to be? Wow. And I said, I want to be a superstar. So you are the results to me being in this room, meeting you today and working with the with the Winans. How amazing is that? It's, it's, and it's speaking crazy. of the Winans, I just recently um, got reconnected with BB. I brought him in to do an event for my pastor. It was his 10-year anniversary. Um, mm. You met my pastor, yes. Pastor Warnock, from Ebenezer. And same thing, BB looks like he, you know, just kind of like took the time machine and, yeah. and stopped time, right? I mean, he looks amazing. He's still so talented. I mean, yes, he comes he from is. a family like the Winans. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's such a pleasure even knowing that family. You they know, are amazing. All of them. All of them. As you are. Thank you so much. Now, let's, let's get back to Harlem. This is really cool. So tell me about the rooftop. The rooftop. Um, it's such a crazy time to even talk about the rooftop because my uncle Willie, who owned the rooftop and also owned Willie Burgers in New York mm -hmm. and several many nightclubs, uh, here's a guy who actually gave me my first gig. Mm-hmm. At the age of 14, we perform at Jock's Place. So I'm taking you back to Rooftop. Before Rooftop, there mm -hmm. was Jock's Place where I performed. Was this with the top at 40. Work, No, or? this was Total Climax. Okay, okay. My, the band that was older than me. Got it. And the guitar player and Uncle Willie was my guardian. 
to perform in a nightclub. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't legal for the actual bar owner to be a guardian. So I had to make the guitar player my guardian oh, wow. to uh, to uh, perform in the nightclub. Mm -hmm. And Willie then, you know, he's not my biological uncle, mm -hmm. but he took me under his wing. He mentored me and he bought my first. Anyway, it's who we choose, yeah, though, right? It's who we choose. <laughs> yeah. But he bought my all of my first professional equipment: Fender Rhodes, uh, D seventy. I did. I all the strings on "Remember the Time" and that beautiful sound. Wow. It's the D seventy, and he bought me my first Akai twelve track. He bought me my D fifty, and that's all of the guy. Remember the time, mm -hmm. uh, uh, high Classic. five. Classics. I like the way my prerogative, all of Wait, that. You did the high five, yeah. Oh, I can't kissing okay. games and just can't handle it. And, the um, list goes on. I, uh, all of that, all of the equipment that I use mm -hmm. to do that music was bought by my uncle Willie. Now, we can used I to ask, just, is this the uncle that recently passed? He just passed, yeah. Wow. So I get I'm, it now. That's why I when understand. you mention Rooftop, you know, it's a crazy time because if it wasn't for him, there would be no Rooftop. If it wasn't for him, there would be no guy. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. there wouldn't be a lot of things because it was a uh, few people who promised to buy that keyboard for me. And they know who they are out mm -hmm. there. <laughs> This is the guy that said it didn't trip. He just said, come on, let's go on down to Sam Ash. Wow. And we went down to Sam Ash and I'm in there like a kid in a candy store playing. And he's looking at me play. He's like, oh, play that song you play in the club. And I started playing Reasons and stuff on the piano. And he's like, I mean, did you just. It's my ear. You're a child prodigy. So just just wow. that alone. And he, and he was sitting there Genius like Genius yeah. level. Y'all hearing this on props. <laughs> Genius level. But this is the thing. This is where he became my uncle because he couldn't go in there and say, it's, it's my son, you right. know, because, you know. But when the guy was like, uh, it's your son? He said, no, that's my nephew. And that was mm. it. Naturally, he said it. Right. So from that day on, it was just like I Everything that I do, it's uh, he have to have the approval, you yeah. know. Like I go to him for everything. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter, mm -hmm. you know. Relationship doesn't matter. Like he he was the guy that gave me everything. Mm -hmm. Like wow, when I needed to go to school. Mm -hmm. He had people pick me up to get me to school when, you know, he just like, oh, I'm, I'm taking you to school. Mm -hmm. You take me to school. And most of these things my mom didn't know because, you know, my mom is kind of funny. You know, she's a Christian woman. Yes. She didn't know Willie then. Okay. This is when she really got to know Willie. So how Willie. did you meet him again? I, I used to play with a band called Total Climax oh, okay. and we got our first gig at, at his, his club, club called Jock's Place. Okay, okay. So... Here's the time my mom knew that there was someone that was in my corner mm -hmm. and that was like a father figure because my father wasn't there. Okay. So Willie was like my father. Sure. You know, so um, I got busted 
for selling drugs. Mm -hmm. And when I got busted, the first person I called was, I, I called Uncle Willie. Yes. Because I didn't want to call my mom because mm -hmm. I knew it was going down. She wouldn't understand. It was going down. Yeah. Well, they just so happened, the police, the precinct, uh -oh. the station, happened to get in touch with my mother. No. Yes. I don't know how, but they got my name and oh, everything. Did she come down there? She came to the prison. And I'll tell you about that one. <laughs> but Willie walked in there first, which uh -huh. was a glow in my eye. I said, all right, I know I'm not going to get no whipping. Everything's going to be all right. I know. And, and one thing with me, I was that kid with Willie, that nephew that always wanted to make him happy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like impress him. Sure. If I impressed Willie, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. to who Like the kids around the block, I don't yeah. care about y'all. Uncle Willie like this. That's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? So every time, like my performances, everything that I do, Willie was always there, you know, in the background. Did he come out on tour with you at all? No. Okay. Never. Willie owned several bars. Mm -hmm. The Ponderosa. Oh. The SNS Club. Uh, Jock's Quite Place. the entrepreneur. Rooftop. After Hour Spots. ABC Club. The ABC uh, Lounge mm -hmm. on 125th Street, right next to uh, uh, Stacey Adams. He was the man in Harlem. Yeah, he he was the he's Harlem World. Yeah, and I'm wow. I'm the son of Harlem World. Wow. But he's Harlem World. In fact, he wanted to buy Harlem World when it went out of business because mm -hmm. they turned it into a supermarket. AMP. Oh. <laughs> Remember AMP? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they turned it into AMP and. Um, and then, then something towns, I think it's, it's like the supermarket, something town, mm -hmm. uh, but they turn it into that and then they turn it into that. Oh, now it's, wow. I think it's CVS. Okay. So I, when I go there, I kind of look at it and say, man, if y'all only knew what this was on the corner of 116th street and Lenox Avenue, Harlem world. Wow. So. And a lot of people, you know, who talk about Harlem World, they never even been there. Mm -hmm. But it's okay, you know, because Harlem World is Harlem World. If you're from Harlem or you, you experience the Harlem lifestyle, mm -hmm. you're Harlem World. Yeah. You know, wow. so Mace and I was getting ready. Puff I was and just getting ready all of those guys, yes. you know, they speak Harlem World because they experience it. Yeah. But see, I was there. Yeah. I was there and Dougie Fresh was there. You were we went really to high school there. together. You and Dougie? Yeah. And we were at Harlem World in the physical Another building when favorites. when Brooklyn used to shoot up the, the, the Harlem World. Like wow. they used to shoot it up with shotguns and shoot out the whole door. And we, man, we used to have crazy run-ins with Brooklyn. And only thing that, you know, they always get away with it because they the train station was right in front of Harlem World. Yeah. 116th Street, Lenox Avenue, uh -huh. the two and the three train. Okay. So that takes us all the way to Rooftop. Willie, I used to go to his after-hour spot mm -hmm. every day. And he said, man, boy, you lucky you my nephew. Because uh. <laughs> I, I put my life on the line for you, mm -hmm. you know, to come in my after-hour spot where, you know, I'm, it's illegal for me to be in there. But he hides me. Right. You know, and I clean up just to, to be in this, you know, in this circle. Yeah. Go to the store to for all mix. his friends, you know, like I was the little kid like from Fresh. Remember the movie of Fresh? Course. 
I was the little kid that went to the store for everybody <laughs> just to make, you know, two or three dollars. And all his friends who, you know, they walk around with knots full of money would yep. just give me ten dollars. Right. So at the end of the night, I'll have like 50 to 100 dollars in my pocket. That's a lot for a kid. Yeah. So that's what Willie did for me. And then when he said, I got something I want to show you. And I said, cool. What is it? So I'm thinking like, you know, I'm going to get, you know, uh, you know, a present, another keyboard or something. He's like, mm -hmm. I'm taking you somewhere. Get, just get ready. We're going in the car. We're going to go up and take you to my new, my new building. Mm -hmm. And he took me to it. It was this big warehouse looking building. And, and I went inside and it was just like lights and everything. How you, you know, the lights they were having, roller skating ring oh, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff and the globe you know the Dope. slow song lights yeah, you know the globe yeah, yeah. and he's i said ball. i said i said what is this he said it's a roller skating ring what the hell you think it is <laughs> i said i don't know it's wooded floors and and i ain't seen nobody with no skates on the floor or anything it's just i don't know what it will i've never been to a roller skating yeah. ring he's like you don't know how to skate I said, no, no, skate. I play keyboards. I play music. He's like, well, you're going to learn how to skate because you're going to be in here. Because <laughs> I can't be having you in that place and yeah. in, in the spot. You know, right. I don't want to get in no trouble. Well, this is for you. This is your playground. Mm. He said, I want to show you upstairs. He showed me upstairs. What was up there? Was the beginning of Rooftop Records. Oh, wow. Gave me a studio. Get out of here. Yes. Him and Gusto. Gusto was his partner mm -hmm. who was like, he was my big homie, mm -hmm. you know, and Gusto was like, you know, the partner of Rooftop. Yep. Ro Rooftop Records. Mm -hmm. We put out Kumo D. Go That's see right. the doctor. Yep. And uh, How You Like Me Now until we got it picked up by Jive. You did How, how You Like Me Now? Too? Yeah. Oh Wild Wild West. Um, I Go to Work. Um... What else? Uh, Yo, do you know, you know what time it is? Hold on, hold on, stop. Pause, pause, pause. <laughs> Bring that beat back. Rewind. Do you realize you're probably like the first real pioneer in terms of production for our generation? For our generation, for you know, I, I, I. And then into R&B. Seriously, though, mm -hmm. because, I mean, we got a lot of great producers from the Timberlands, the Jermaine Dupree's and all those guys. But you set the tone for all of these guys. I mean, it's funny. I was texting with a few people tonight because I knew I was going to interview you. And Rico Wade from Organized Noise was like, uh, I mean, he was one of the first that ever did it for me. Wow. From hip hop. I mean, he loves you. Jermaine Dupree texted me. He was like, Teddy Riley embodies something other producers only wish they had. And that's the ability to give everybody a hit that you've worked with. Wow. You like, know, you don't understand. Hold on, I'm not finished. Mm -hmm. Eddie F. Teddy Riley is the godfather and teacher of the entire hip-hop, R&B movement and lifestyle. He not only led the way and innovated the entire music form, he also taught and freely passed all of his inform information down unto those that wanted it, and it became an army of other young disciples and producers. Everything you hear on modern radio has a bit of TR in it, some place in it. Wow. People love you. We love you. You really set the tone for everybody from a production standpoint. Well, I can only say that 
I just wanted, and what everybody always asks me, you know, what is it that you want or you want to be and, and really set upon, you know, the next generation and kids? And I said to myself, um, I said to myself, I want to be a hero, a hero to, 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 to just, in a, you know, I wanted to be someone that fed people my information and my history and, and, and what I brought to the world mm-hmm. as far as music and, and culture is concerned you know, as a as a black man. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know? It's, it's it's interesting. You always hear people throw around the term affecting culture, but it truly did affect culture. You know, you brought about a shift and a change in music. And and didn't realize it until it was done. I mean, let's talk about it. New Jack Swing. That's you. That was a right. new genre of music. And 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 I I tell you this. I don't take all the credit for New Jack Swing because I did have a uh, an influence and mm-hmm. and someone that I followed sure. which was uh which was uh I think we have to let's yeah. pause we'll pause yeah. let's set it down okay I'm sorry let's it was set it down flat arm. yeah no you don't even need to yeah that's how you could put it right there yeah much better that's perfect so it don't have to move yeah yeah okay thank you I'm gonna start right. back there on you go. the yeah so, I mean, you know, we're talking about affecting culture and, and you really, truly did affect culture. There was a shift in the sound of music in the late 80s and early 90s. And yeah. I mean, essentially, you know, whether you want to take the credit for it or not, everyone credits you for creating the new Jack Swing sound. You know, it's always the one that does it. Don't take the credit, <laughs> you know, and that's the reason why our black leaders who have created the phone and created all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't claim our credit, right? And that's only because it's in our it's our nature, sure. You know, but I have to say that you know, uh, Dougie Fresh. If it wasn't for all the people I work with, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I would be who I am today mm-hmm. because I didn't have those people. See, I I back in those days, I I gave music away. Because I wanted my music way? out you there. Just, I just gave it away. Really? Just go see the doctor. I never got paid for it. You know, I never got paid for, uh, you know, what time it is and, and how you like me now and all of that stuff. Are you serious? It, right now, I have someone who's actually doing my royalty claims and yeah. all of that stuff yeah. right now. Because I've never seen a royalty check for that. For that music, even Guy. So even Guy. Yeah, me and Aaron. Right kids. now, today, we're talking about you know, Dak. How is it that we came so? We came a long way, and for so long, I've been the blame because of Gene. I've been the blame of having people's royalties and different things like that when mm-hmm. I never received anything. So and we've heard when our finally, stories about Gene. Rest yeah, in peace. <laughs> Gene but, but but for so long, it ain't even Gene that took the money. It's it's people who are not accounting to the artists, mm-hmm. and that's been for so long. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, MCA and all of those people who, you know, they didn't they never paid. It's like royalties never got to people 
royalty checks only to people who had like strong lawyers and different things oh, like yeah, it's that. It's time to go pick all that back yeah. up. So, and now where they have this law where it's like the statute of limitations, but the hell with that because, you know, the records are still selling today. Absolutely. If people still ask for a guy album, they they would buy it on um they would buy it on uh iTunes. That means it's still selling. So with that being said, it's still selling today. Mm-hmm. So I got kinda like uh some education from a pioneer and a person who who knew about you know know knows about getting the royalties and different things like that mm-hmm. so i'm kind of sounding like you know how these artists be sounding like i never got a royalty i never got anything from but i haven't I'm, i literally never got a royalty statement that's crazy from the guy album i never even seen one unbelievable and even my prerogative. I've never seen what? a royalty statement for my prerogative. Okay, yeah, you got to... Or that's... Kumo D. Never. My prerogative? Yeah. Even if even if money you know is not old... You know how big that record was? Yeah. Even if money is not old, right? Mm-hmm. We still, Aaron and myself, never seen a royalty statement. Not the money, you know, the money is still old because Bobby may have not been recouped, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I just got a call from Bobby today. But, uh, really? oh, wow. yeah, I literally got a call before you got here. B. Brown, gotta love B. Brown. So, um, but I never seen it. I never seen it. I don't even know what it looks like. I don't even know what an Uptown statement looked like, that's, Uptown Records. Yeah, that's crazy. So, that's the thing. I gave music just to get my music out there, you know, wow. and and I'm kind of sort of doing it now we owe because you so much though. Seriously, I mean, again, the show is about giving props. I just I can't give you enough props. I mean, the songs you just I mean, you were just rattling off, and we're not even going through your entire discography. Like you've done so many hit records. How does yeah. that make you feel? Great, because I knew. Now, today, it makes me feel great because then I was like, dang, I'm just working like a doggone slave. (laughs) Like, I'm just doing a whole bunch of records. And when they come out, that's when I feel like, you know, it's on WBLS or Mm -hmm, 92KTU or, you know, Hot 97 or, you know, Kiss FM. So when I started hearing it in New York, it's like, wow, this is what the results. Unbelievable. You know, so... I'm I'm very very happy and grateful yeah, to sure. God, you know, for giving me this path, you know, because most paths are not perfect, you know, most paths are not, you know, overnight success or, you know, easy, you know, you have to go through the mill mm-hmm. to make it to the top. Absolutely. And I've been through the mill. So t- tell me about, um, oh my God, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start in terms of people that you influence from a production standpoint. Pharrell. Pharrell. Um, That's just one person I can mention, but I mean, he's so amazing now. Yes, but I know is. you were one of his heavy influences. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, you know. I mean, you've been credited. Co-signs too, right? that and, and, and says that. And, um. I have to say that he is 
very, very, a very, very special talent, mm-hmm. you know, that come a long way. When and did you first meet Pharrell? I met Pharrell when I moved to uh, Virginia and I did a talent show. Now, did you had, discover him? Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, I don't think the world knows who TR really is. This is crazy. Well, you know, I know if they don't now, they will because, you know, I keep myself reserved mm-hmm. for the world and mm-hmm. the next generation sure. to know my history, uh-huh. you know, and New Jack Swing is just not going to be something that come and go like disco and Absolutely. and uh, R&B, you know, they're not going to change my title or my my genre mm-hmm. our genre sure. our and i say our because you know it's hard for afro-american to to claim something mm-hmm. without somebody taking it yes you know Ooh, they say that again they 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 give you a hard time about just owning what's yours absolutely and um that's why I just stay quiet and reserve myself mm-hmm. for the next generation mm-hmm. so that they will know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so happy that my kids and the young ones are able to know my music, mm-hmm. whether I'm here or not. Mm-hmm. My, my daughters, my, sis, my family, everybody is going to let them know. Your uncle did that. And you know what? Your like, father the did that. The crazy thing is this, the millennials, they are obsessed with 90s R&B now. Yeah. <laughs> that was all you like. You know, it's so crazy that I have a cousin, my first cousin's son mm-hmm. and kids mm-hmm. didn't know my music because of um, they were so into the the hip hop. Yeah. So the 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 new hip hop. I was you know, gonna say, hold on, because new? Dougie Fresh and yeah. the shows you too. Hello, right? But he was playing my record, the guy record, uh-huh. and they was bopping to it like, "Dad, what is this?" <laughs> oh gosh, get out of here! It's your cousin. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Teddy, Uncle Teddy. Yes, Yo, this is your. Wild. This is. His stuff. Now I'm gonna play. I'm gonna take y'all through. Like my cousin, my cousin to me is the Denzel Washington of our family. Mm-hmm. My cousin Chris. Okay. You know, uh, and my cousin Lucy is like Lucy O'Ball. Like she's the <laughs> one of the family that gets it popping. She's the life of the party. Nice. You know, when we do come together as a family, you never get bored with my two cousins. You know, okay. and my sister. My sister's like wow. My sister Nisi and my other sister, they are, if I'm bored, mm-hmm. all I got to do is call one of my sisters mm-hmm. and, and, and get a laugh or <laughs> like, let's get together or something. <coughs> got to love family, right? Yes. So that's what is going on now is me reserving what I've done for the world to know. Just like Quincy. Mm-hmm. Quincy reserved himself. Mm. He came in, came out, went in, back on the block. Mm-hmm. Let me just remind these young folks who the hell I am. <laughs> no doubt. Back on the block, came out, 
secret god and all of it. He's my idol, Classic. you know. Yeah, let's talk about that, right? Yeah. Because that, that's you know, my you idol, lot, number one. Working with Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. um, and just, by because of him. Yes, uh, yes. Tell yeah. me about that. When I was with Gene, mm-hmm. I was supposed to be on the the Bad album, and I only learned that when I met Michael. He said, "You know, you're supposed to be on the Bad album." I was like, "What?" What? He said, "Yeah, you you have this manager. He's forehead guy. Like, he's just mean. Like, he's so evil. Like, no. he's just you know. We asked to work with you, and and he was just like." Teddy can't be in a room with Michael and and he had this this voice like it was just like I was scared to even <laughs> like hear him over the phone so Everybody I let my people like talk to him Gene. so Gene was the reason why I wasn't on the bad did album. he just not get back to them no he told them he gave them so many conditions that they passed on me oh cut it out Michael Jackson bad heck yeah so Here's the thing. Gene messed that up. Quincy was the one that told Michael, you better get this boy right now. He's not with the guy. He's not with the Gene guy. You need to go and go after him right now. Mm -hmm. Send your managers. I don't care who it is. And then he called Clarence Avon. Mm -hmm. But he called me. Quincy called me. He said, I'm giving you the number. You got to (laughs) call. Call Clarence Avon. I need you to go there and see yeah. him. So I called Clarence Avon and I went down to see him. Mm-hmm. And Clarence became Uncle Clarence. Mm. And, you know, kind of took me on a just a, a natural high of, yes. you know, what he's done for everybody. Not mm-hmm. just one. Everybody. Jimmy sure. Jam, Terry Lewis, Babyface in L.A. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, you, you, you're, you're a special kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you. You just don't know what you have. And, you know, I want to show you some things and da, da, da. And, and I didn't really know him. Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of just stayed in touch. And, you know, anytime I need education or yes. mentoring, I call Clarence wow. or or John McClain mm-hmm. or... Um, what amazing uh, mentors. Or Quincy. Young, young guns out there listening, you know, Google these guys. So Quincy called me. He said... Uh, no, I called Quincy and I said, I said, Quincy, um, I'm not with Gene anymore. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, I guess he was busy. But he took my call and he said, okay, I'm gonna, give me a few minutes. I'm going to call you back. And I didn't think he was going to remember to call me. Mm-hmm. And Quincy called me and said, I got two phone numbers for you. You're going to call Clarence and you're going to go see him. And then. Uh, expect a call from, you know, Michael or, or uh, uh, his management team or somebody going to be calling you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, didn't, I didn't even take it, like, serious. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, I got the first call from Clarence. You coming to California, Jesus, Clarence can meet with you uh, uh, on Saturday. I was like, Saturday? <laughs> That's special. <laughs> when you meet with somebody that... At his caliber yeah, on a Saturday. That's their personal time. Because they're the type of people, my office hours right. is 9 to 5. <laughs> exactly. And I'll give an extra hour. And other than that, you do not call me on on that time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, other than that time, exactly. you don't call me. That's exactly. my office hours. But 
to get a meeting on a Saturday. And then I met with him. And then I'd say no more than a month later, I went back. And I was talking to Harvey. And we're in the middle of just talking about, like, what what we're going to be doing next. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, ring. And he, hello. Hello, can I speak to Teddy Riley? Wow. Who is this? This is Michael Jackson. I don't believe this is no Michael Jackson. <laughs> and then next serious? thing you know, he's like, uh, uh, prove it. He's like, he yeah. told him to prove it? Prove it, prove it. Stop playing. And then he hung up the phone. <gasps> Harvey hung up the phone and then Sandy Gallen called back and said, this is Michael's management. And we're trying to get in touch with Teddy Riley so that he can be on the new Michael Jackson album. Can you make this happen? Because he was, you know, Sandy is like one of those, you know, (laughs) yeah. but he just had that. Can you make this happen? What did he say? I don't believe it's Michael Jackson. Let me let Teddy get on the oh phone. You put Michael Jackson on the phone. And if Teddy says him, then it's him. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, oh, and, and Harvey don't apologize to nobody. But oh with somebody at Michael's caliber, Hello? you got to be like, you, got you will look molded. If, if that's Michael. You think? So I looked at him, and I got on the phone with Michael, and Michael's, Teddy? I said, Michael? He said, yeah. Just, and then he did this laugh, you know, uh-huh. his Michael right, laugh. Right. And, and I looked at Harvey, I said, that's him. Oh, shit. That's him. <laughs> Yo, he that's said, a great story. He said, oh, damn. Oh, God. I done hung up on the man. I, I got to oh apologize to him when I meet him. And now, wait, hold up. 32 million albums later. You know that album sold 32 million? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you realize? I just got my plaque for 20 million. So I'm that's saying, that's though, what I like, know it so. <laughs> the hit singles off that album came from you. Yeah. Even the first single. I, I did black and white. You know, some of the music on that black and white as well. Oh, my God. He didn't want nothing to go out unless he's like, you got to touch this record. I said, what do you mean? He's like, all the way in that. He said, he said, I want you on this record. Take it. Take the the master and just go work on it. I was like, what am I going to do to this record? It sounds (laughs) finished and done. Black and white. Yeah. He said, I don't know. And I don't care. But you do it. And. I just want you on this record because I really feel you have that touch and you're going to, I just want you on a record. Just go ahead and do something, Teddy. Just do it. I'm like, I was (laughs) like, all right. Does he have the high pitch all the time? No, he, yes, he does. I mean, but he has a low voice. I'll go over that too. But yeah, I, um, I did it and I couldn't find nothing to do to that record because it just sounds so perfect and it was breathing. Mm-hmm. He keeps his voice that high and this is kind of like a um um a tip for singers. Mm-hmm. Especially singers that you know they're about to hit puberty. Mm-hmm. When Michael hit puberty, his vocal coach told him keep talking high. Oh, interesting. Do you know your voice 
your vocal cord is a muscle. Yes. And if you're working it out, which you work out your voice every day, mm -hmm. that's why you can talk every day mm -hmm. because you're strengthening the muscles. Sure. Same thing with your vocal cord. Wow. Your vocal cord. You know how these kids always want to be so up, cool and they want to talk low. They're like, "What's up, mom?" Nobody knows that though. No, that a lot of people. Vocal coach told him. To, yeah. To talk like that. Keep your voice high and talk high. And if you keep talking high, your voice going to eventually stay high and get higher. Wow. So a lot of singers do it, but a lot of singers don't. Mm -hmm. But just to give you Very just an example of why people voice get low and they hit puberty because they want to be cool. Mm -hmm. And they'll go, you know, what's up, mom? <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's because they want to be cool. But they right. don't know that. Their voice is changing and they're getting low because they're exercising mm -hmm. that low muscle, the mm -hmm. muscle to keep the voice low like mine. I remember when Usher's voice changed. Yeah, Usher's voice changed, but it went back up. Yeah. It went back up it because did. his vocal coach, who's one of my favorite, um, is that Jan? Janice. Jan Smith. Janice Smith. Love Mama Jan. One of my favorites. She is the best when it comes to keeping kids the like saving that puberty mm -hmm. you know voice mm -hmm. for puberty sure. through puberty right um she is the one her seth riggs yep. uh kenny hicks and uh craig dairy you're dropping some serious knowledge for people that want to sing out yeah. there people want to sing these are the people that are the pros kenny hicks uh romeo johnson mm -hmm. who works with everybody you know started getting puffy to sing you mm -hmm. know so it's uh and and um there's so many out there but these guys are the special guys you know that taught like major people and who like was, uh, do you know who michael's vocal coach was back then uh michael uh -huh. seth oh seth okay. riggs okay and um seth used to be in the studios he would call me hey daddy i <laughs> i need your schedule when you're gonna need michael I was like, uh, I'm probably going to need about 2, 3 o'clock. He said, okay, I'm going to work him out at 11, mm -hmm. give him a break, and then work him out right before he get in the room. And I guarantee you, you're not going to have a problem. You're going to be so happy with me. I'm like, good. This is great. Tell me, tell me one thing that you noticed about Michael. I don't know at what point in terms of recording the Dangerous album where you, I mean, obviously... He was wildly successful by the bad album and now on to dangerous. But what made you really go, okay, this guy, I don't even know if there'll ever be another Michael Jackson. Like what made him special to you? Before I even work with him, <laughs> I said that it'll never be saying, another Michael Jackson. Be but being him, in though. a studio with him right, gave me a like confirmation that there will never ever be someone what was it about like him? Michael. And and it's it's because he was just so it's no word for him. Like, mm. he was extraordinarily intelligent mm -hmm. about everything, mm. you know. And and um, you'd be scared sometimes some of the things that he do and he know talent-wise. Mm -hmm. And um, I did not know before I touched Jam, mm -hmm. Michael made the beat. Really? On an MP. Wait NPC. If Are you serious? everybody, all the producers, y'all know what an NPC is. Yes. Okay. Well, Michael showed me he had the 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 uh, engineer and his tech guy, you know, set it up for him, mm -hmm. and he would go in and it's like, okay, um, what do you want to do, Michael? He said, Well, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. 
and I want you to take my voice. And they couldn't do that. So later on, when he gave me the song, he just gave it to me with the beat. So I said, what do you want me to do with this? I just be cracking stuff, you know. And he'll just laugh and like, you already know what I want you to do to it. I want you to put the stink on it. I was going to say, put that funk on he it, He said, baby. put the stink on it. I was like, okay. Did he really say stink? Yeah. That's crazy. He, he doesn't really curse. Like, Michael, if he gets really mad, yeah. Right. But he tries so hard because, wow. you know, him preparing for having kids because mm-hmm. he didn't have kids then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, after, you know, like, no, around the time I was there, back in 91, um, there was um, uh, uh, Prince Michael. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that Another was, <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. But I, um, I'm surprised of so many things that he know Mm-hmm. Music wise, mm-hmm. you know, because most singers don't really indulge, mm. and they don't get into their 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 craft or mm-hmm. their creativity. You know, it's just let me sing it, Quincy. You do what you're gonna do, or Teddy, you do what you're gonna do, and right. I'm just gonna walk in. Right, well, go in the booth, he was, knock it out. He was a part of every process of the Dangerous album and, and every album after that. Wow, he was a part of everything and. He would put everything on notes and papers and scotch t- tissue and just... Really? Yeah. He'd have a collage of just stuff in in a table, you know, making a collage of his album cover. This is his vision. He was curating... That, that album. The vision. Dangerous album. Yeah, all was a collage. That. That's so dope. And... On toilet paper. <laughs> Michael would never not want me in any of the meetings. He he wants me in every meeting. And one meeting, I wasn't you have there. Footage? Any video footage of any of your interactions? I never videotape, and every picture that I've taken with Michael, I let him take it. Yeah. Because I never wanted to invade his privacy sure, or get anything out there. Somewhere. And yeah. and and I was just not that producer. Kudos to you. And like we, he has this big book that you can't even lift. It's in my living room. Mm-hmm. I'll show it to you. Okay. And everybody got a picture and I have no picture with him. Oh. I got one picture that he let us take with our, with the, with the phone. Uh-huh. He let, uh, 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 Cisco. Okay. He let Cisco take a picture wow. of him and myself. Mm-hmm. But this is what he said. He's like, I'm taking a picture with him by myself. I'm like, Teddy, you come on, just get in the picture, all right? Get in the picture. I got in the picture, and I'll show you the picture. And you, that's wow. the only picture that I have in my possession, and it's wow. not even a, a like a, a a clean copy. Sure. So, um, most of the pictures that I have of him and I, I had them drawn. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that was from them seeing the picture of me, him, and Cisco, and they just drew it, and and then the picture of him on the Dangerous album with his hand up, and and a picture of me. They put it together, and that was the only thing of memory. Yeah, you know, because I was never. I I don't even have pictures with. I don't have pictures with nobody. Mm. Not even Kumo D. Wow. Now I got pictures of me and Heavy D, but that's when. He started coming down to Virginia, mm-hmm. 
and people just walk in and they'll take pictures of us, you know, right. and it's online, but I never had it in my possession. Right. I don't even have in my possession pictures of me and sure I worked on Tom Jones. Talk to talk to me. Let's go back to Hev. Um, rest in peace to Hev too. Um, I got so much love and respect for him, and Eddie F is a good friend of mine. Tell me what projects you worked on with Hev. I worked on everything, um, all the way up into I think his fourth album, mm. fourth or fifth album. But every album. Heavy would come and and we would. This is my best blue friend. Funk? My best friend. Um, Did you work on that one? I don't think I worked on the Blue Funk. Album. Okay. okay. Now, you, I'm quoting <laughs> something that you know because okay. I don't know a lot of the music that I've done. I guess it's so much. You know, it's like people go, "You did that record." What's your favorite? I was like, record hold on, let me listen to it Hev. first. And then, huh? What's your favorite record with Heavy? My favorite record with Heavy was. We got our own thing. Oh, yeah. Because it's just him and I. Mm. And he didn't want nobody else singing. And all these singers he got around him, he's like, Teddy, you're going to sing this. (laughs) You're singing it. I was like, all right, yay, (laughs) drop it. We got our own thing. (laughs) And I'm trying to hold a note. I'm like, (laughs) oh, God. That was terrible, but that was fun. (laughs) Yo. Most of my songs, I ain't got to hold a long note. Yo, do that again. You sound just like the record. (laughs) I am the record. (laughs) That's crazy. Yo, Yo, props, props, Because he he made me sing it. Every time, (laughs) I have to tell you this thing, and this is how much I love Heavy D so much, you know, because he's my best friend. He actually made me move back to America. When he passed away, I moved back to America because I didn't want my family, you know, I lived in Korea. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want my family ever having to go to any problems if something happened to sure. me to get me back to America. So mm-hmm. that's what made me move back and and uh, I moved to Atlanta. It's so crazy. My I'm sister... I'm so glad you came to the A. My sister, who, you know, she did everything to make sure I moved back here because mm-hmm. I called her on the phone from Korea and I said, you know, I'm, I'm really um, distorted, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I just really feel like any one of us can go. They're taking out good people. Mm-hmm. You know, any one of us can go. So I'm coming home. Like, I really want to come home, but I don't want to go back to California because, you know, I I had a bad experience in California. Okay. Losing my daughters, you yeah. know, at one time. Sure. And I'm just grateful to God to have my daughters back, mm-hmm. you know, in my life. Won't he do it? You know, he, that's him all the way, yeah. you know. So... I said, I'm not moving back to California. I'll go there to do business and I'll go there, you know, to hang out with my friends and, mm-hmm. you know, my, you know, potential partners that's coming. You know, I got some great partnerships coming up. And yes. and uh, that's the one thing I, I love is being around just music people. You know, if it's not about music and, you know, I'll do all the fun things, but it's just right. got to be with music people. Absolutely. People who's been in the music business and understand me because... The people who haven't, they won't understand, like, why does he not sit on, you know, cloth? He sits on leather, and and if it's cloth, it have to be his, and, right. you know, I'm weird in That's a sense, not weird. That's just you know, thing. to a lot of people. Yeah, like, kids, you. they'll look at me like, he's, he's weird. <laughs> it's like... That's just how I am, and I grew up that way because, mm-hmm. you know, being around the Michael Jacksons and... He's just, he doesn't, you know, he's very meticulous about meticulous, everything. Very. Yeah. So going back to Heavy D, mm-hmm. 
my best friend who, when he comes, Heavy, I used to always say Heavy's a bully. He's a bully. He just bullies me out of <laughs> music that I, that I take. Yeah, he, he definitely is sweetheart. But he'll come in and be like, Teddy, is that mine? I was like, no, this is for my brothers. He's like, nah, Ted, you got to give me that record. And that was, is it good to you? That was, we got our own thing. That was, now that we found love, that was, wow. you know, all the records that he came and got for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, used to be Rex and Effect. And I would take the records and be like, I have, this is yours. I don't know what I'm going to tell my brothers. Talk and, about Rex and Effect. It's yeah. too much. And, I need like and, a week to interview. I wind up giving a lot of the records, except New Jack Swing, mm-hmm. the title song. Yes. and. Rum Shaker, because Heavy was trying to get Rum Shaker, and I said, no. He was trying to get no dickity. It was like, he came down at the same time, because I did a, 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 a Now That We Found Love. Mm-hmm. And um, Lord. I, I did Now That We Found Love the same time we did No Diggity, and Yo, I let him hear it. you giving me a headache. <laughs> Props to all these. how many damn records you produced that were hits. The ones I mentioned. So <laughs> many producers. <laughs> Yo, seriously though. That's the ones I know. Hold on, time out, time out. Pause, pause. Third quarter, time out. Dude, a lot of producers produce a lot of records, right? Mm -hmm. All of your records were hits. And still, God has, he blessed you abundantly, right? Yes, he did. The gifts he gave you, nobody can compete with that. A rub shaker? Like, come on, it's 2000, it's 2015. You put Rump Shaker on in the club today and asses are shaking. Yeah, it's so crazy. I, I, was, I was looking at this Facebook uh, uh, thing and, and you know me, I'm like, uh, dang, that's that's my track. <laughs> so it's got this, this young kid saying, you can start shaking, moving all around. What? You can start shaking, moving all around. And it sounds like some... Kid Capri, oh, young kid, wow. just doing that, and then next thing you know, the beat comes in, boom, you can talk, boom, boom, and then mm. he got this drawing, and all you see is the drawing of butts moving like this. <laughs> I was like, wow, oh man, I may jack that. Let me see, I may jack my own record. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that. I don't know that if he came out with is it. Crazy to this. I day. don't know if he came out with it, but it's just like I said, this is the next. Like somebody get a hold of this, it's over. But it's it's like um on you, Facebook. I mean, tag me in that. I want to. See I'm that. gonna tag you in it because I was like, <laughs> I have to put this on my on my wall because oh like. I say I, I may check that. It's like get that to Rex and Effect. It'll be Rum Shaker exactly. Part Two. Hello. Well, what, what, but, do you know what year? Do you remember what year that came out? Ninety-two. Okay. Wow. Yep. Ninety-two. Wow. In fact, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Ninety-one. Because mm. I didn't have a. I don't think I. Yeah, I had the studio. So, so hold up. Hold up. Pause. If it came out in ninety-one. Okay, I got this great idea. Next year will be the twenty-fifth year of Rump Shaker. Yeah. So we need to do something. To remix it, re-release it. Oh yeah, it, we should. We put should. It out. You should be doing it when you're on tour. I think. And I said, look, I'm saying we. I'm just throwing myself. I'm just talking shit. Come on, but you I'm, know we. No, we, no, no. we we gonna but do I'm this. But I'm saying you need 25 years of rump shaker, dog. Do you yeah. understand what your whole campaign could be at homecomings around the world? It, oh, it could be my crazy. God. It's just you know, my thing have been. I I can make the record, but if we can spark it, let's get. Let's get a team together so and let's dope. do it. Because I'm always good. I can architect the things. I'm the builder. Yes. 
but you guys have to market it and no get doubt. it out there. Oh, and, my gosh. You know, like how you do with the dinners and the stuff that we do. It's like, yeah. wow, this is top notch. This is this Aww. is first class. And <laughs> I need this for, for my other thing. It's like, why can't my stuff look like this? <laughs> but now I got some good, you know, people in along with yourself. Oh, we got you. so much more to do. And, um, you know, just to kind of keep everybody uplifted because that's the thing you know a lot of people need uplifting Absolutely. encouraging you Absolutely. know and and that's why when i come around i just want to encourage and uplift mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and that's why i don't go many places because mm -hmm. most of the time if my my spirit don't agree with it mm -hmm. i'm staying home mm -hmm. you know and um that's how I, I am. I, I've like, grown to be like that, especially yeah. as my walk with God has gotten mm -hmm. stronger. Mm -hmm. I have to just question everything that I do. Exactly. Let me, because I want to move to the philanthropic side of what you're doing. Um, but before we do that, let me just give you your props for yet another hit group that you were a part of, Black Street. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you kind of went from being a part of Guy and then forming Black Street. You know, it's so crazy. Everything is like a domino effect. You know, um, after Guy and me leaving Guy, um, and it was only because, not because of uh, Aaron, because you know, that's my, my big brother, mm -hmm. but it was because of me losing my best friend, Anthony B., when the whole situation with Guy and the mm -hmm. audition mm -hmm. kind of went down. Mm -hmm. You know, I call it the first industry beef, <laughs> but it wasn't between the artists, mm -hmm. you know, because... Me and Mike, all of us, we're really cool. And Mike it's Bivins? like we have, yeah, Mike Bivens. So, I'm sorry. You know, I interviewed him on my last props, and he said you were one of his idols. Wow. It's like, so crazy you, because. You got to listen to it. Like, I, he I, loves you. I look at him as an idol as well of mine. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because I I think, and, and it's only reasons why certain people can't get together because you always have that devil mm -hmm. in the middle. Mm -hmm. And. I think that, and I, and I always think, you know, combinations. Like, I never had my, my Jimmy Jam or my L.A. Reed, you know, mm -hmm. L.A. and Babyface. Right. I never had right. my L.A. Reed. Sure. I never had my Jimmy Jam. Mm -hmm. And I always said, you know, damn, if me and Mike Bivens got together, it would be a nucleus. If me and Dallas Austin got together, it would be a nucleus. Absolutely. If me and, 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 uh, and who was the other person? Um. Damon Thomas got mm -hmm. together. It's going to be a nucleus. No doubt. And it's only, you know, I just really feel like I now in my second, you know, no, not second, but several lives. Yes. I feel like a cat, right? Nine second lives. Act. Second act. My, my, my next life. I, I think I want my, my Jimmy Jam, you know, mm. my LA Reed, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. someone who can, do the vision and Absolutely. and give me the I'm the finisher yes. of the music, yes. but I need that finisher of the business, you know, mm -hmm. because and props um, to L.A. Reed because yeah. that was you know who gave me my shot. Yeah, and I helped them grow that company. Well, he gave me shots as well, yes. and you know, <clears throat> definitely props to him. And and uh, one thing about L.A. Reed when when they got the Grammy for producer of the year, and L.A. Reed mentioned my name. <clears throat> Did he really? Yeah. Because everybody knows, you know, we were like this. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, hits, you know, like we had hits neck, neck and neck. neck. It's yes. like, he throw out something, I'm, I'm going to throw out something. Right? And he would it. throw out something. And it'd be two different type of yes, music, you yes, know, like, yes. it's like, I just did Michael. Well, they came with, uh, what's uh, TLC. TLC. And I was like, oh, man, what am I going to come with now? I'm, I'm going to do Bobby Brown. Then Bobby Brown, I did Bobby Brown album and I did majority of the records and then they put out Humping Around. And Kenny wrote on that album. Yeah, yes he did. That's what I'm saying. But we were on... It was a friendly competition. Yeah, it was. That's dope. But it was amazing, you know, how we we actually came neck and neck and I respect those guys so much. L.A. Reid, Babyface, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Mm -hmm. Michael Nevada Walden, uh, Niall Rogers. He has a new album coming out, by the way. Yeah. You got to check it out. Yeah. He performed today on The View and it was dope. That's incredible. Yeah. And incredible. He, the name of the album is Return of the Tender Lover. I'm just happy that, you know, real authentic R&B is still out there. It, it is. I can't wait for people to hear my new composition. Mm. You know, a Teddy Raleigh album, never been done. Now, I attempted to do one and it got, it got uh, how you say, imported yes. and bootlegged. Okay. Because the company that I was with. Was this in Korea? No, here. Oh. oh. I was signed to a company here. I can't say the name. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was signed to them, I was doing an album and I did it. And it they were happy with it, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And they fired my key man. Mm. And when they fired my key man, my incredible attorney at the time, Mr. Doug Davis. Oh, and, that was my attorney. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Fred. Are you serious? Fred was my first attorney. Fred and Doug, Doug. They represented me That's both crazy. together. And Fred did my contract. He said, I'm going to put a key man clause in here so that, you know, if anything happened, da da da, happened to your key man because this guy I feel that understands you. Yeah. Man, my key man got fired and I left the label. And, oh, wow. You know, they had to pay me to leave mm-hmm. because it was in my contract. Mm-hmm. So that's the first time I've ever, like, recognize a great attorney doing a great contract yeah. for me. Wow. And um I got to walk away and I said, I'm not doing no album. Why the hell? What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> but I think now, you know, being older and and understanding that I have a message mm-hmm. and that message is my story. Mm-hmm. I need to to bring it out you know i have uh some great writers with myself um mm-hmm. sanjeev mm-hmm. you know he's a new writer who's uh my partner and um my guy jay soul we have the number one record over in korea we have the number one uh, wow. album of the year jay soul young Soul. Guy? yeah he's he's the cousin of um of uh is it focus i think i know yeah. him He's the cousin of Focus, and and uh, we've been together now a year and a half, just making music, and you know some of the music we made for ourselves, and then if next thing you I'm know, thinking about, he's really talented. Yeah, he's very talented, mm-hmm. and um, we've been rolling. You know, he's signed to DTP, okay, and um, they're publishing, and and uh, you know for some reason his music was so different, and I said, man, you you you're an architect, you know, vocal mm-hmm. architect, and. Mm-hmm. And he just started taking a lot of my music and then he would send me some vocals and he's like, yo, I got, I grabbed this offline and, you know, I made 
you know, I've made lyrics to it, mm-hmm. but you know, can you take it and do something with it? And mm-hmm. I wound up just taking a lot of his his lyrics and just making music. Nice. And that's how we became a dynamic duo over in Korea, making music and. Speaking started, of making music in Korea, you have a big group over there, EXO. Yeah. And they won Album of the Year for the Mama Awards, which is like our Grammys. Yes, it is. And How many records have you guys sold? We, it's it's more not about selling records, even though okay. they sold a lot of records, uh-huh. a lot of product. Got it. See, over there, they don't just buy the records. They buy the records, the shirts, the, mm, the, the posters and everything. It's the and movement. It, it's the movement. So it did a lot of pieces That's over there. And, and when was this released? Uh Actually, the beginning of the year. Are you kidding me? And the it had that much year. notoriety in a year? Mm-hmm. Wow. And then the record before is another group called um, Super Junior okay. that I work with, and we got the number one record. We have about, I'd say, five to six number one records so in the last two years. So you killed them overseas. Yeah. Clearly. Overseas. When I moved to Korea, Major I became a whole new person over okay. there. <laughs> like, what made you move to Korea, by the way? When I lost my daughters, I had said, you know... I have to get out of here. But I have to get Korea? out of L.A. I mean, why, why Korea? Well, Korea, <clears throat> when there was a, a team of people. Because you know a lot uh, of people scared to go to Korea. Why? I mean, well, go I to, mean, go to, go to uh, South, oh, South, South Korea is, is the place to go. Okay, North, North is the Korea one is the one of. they're afraid okay, of. So you moved to South. I moved to South Korea. Okay. And um, the reason why I moved there was when I lost my daughters, it was all over the news. And I kind of looked at not good mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. it's like because i knew the truth mm-hmm. and they know the truth right but the fans and the viewers and it was too much yeah and yeah. going to court and different things like mm-hmm. that you know with my family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was just the most devastating thing that was the biggest embarrassment of my life mm-hmm. i've never been in the media in that 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 platform under in that environment you know and it just made me feel like the the devil was in the midst of you know really messing me up and then at the same time i wasn't obeying god Mm -hmm. i was just doing it and not giving him his props and at the same time yeah you could be a praying child of god but if you're not obeying and you're not seeing the blessings right. that he is putting before you you can miss it and he'll be like okay i'm word. gonna raise my hands yeah. and when i raise my hands things are gonna be vanishing absolutely and next thing you know i come home one day from the studio i started off with an accident i had an accident mm. in my mercedes benz and uh Somebody hit me in the back, but mm-hmm. it resulted to me, you know, going to the hospital and God got me out of that one. He said, I'm going to show you this. Mm-hmm. This to sit you down. Mm-hmm. Now, you better get your family because I'm about to do some work in there. And next <coughs> thing you know, the whole big thing happened. Me and my daughters and had me all in the news and, and all on the news and helicopters over my house. Oh, and no. They had me on the ground. It was just like something you've seen on TV yeah. of a real criminal. Like sure. they had me on the ground with handcuffed me on the ground oh, and no. pulled me up by my hand and no documentation of it because they know what they were doing was wrong. That's devastating. So when all that happened, after that, it became 
court because mm-hmm. that was enough information. Mm-hmm. Let's take dad to court. Mm-hmm. Dad abused the children and all of that stuff to happen. I said, this is the most I've ever, ever been in the media on a bad note. Right. Everything has been on a good note. Mm-hmm. So I, I said to myself, uh, I got to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And just so happened, this company from Korea took one of my songs, put it out, and said, and you can you can Google this online. Mm-hmm. Teddy Raleigh next expansion, you know, new expansion in Korea, wow. in Asia. And it was a group by the name of Rania, spelled R-A-N-I-A, and okay. as Nancy. Uh-huh. And then there was another artist that they got me to produce. Mm-hmm. His name was um, Jay Park. Okay. And when I produced it, I never got a royalty. And they they, they actually published the song. Yo, you just be giving Without away my music. name oh my and God. anything on it. So I said, you know what? I had told my partners at the time, I said, man, what do y'all want to do about this, man? They just taking our music. Like, do they just do that over there? It's like, no, you just got to be over there, da-da-da. So we said, let's take a trip to Korea. Let's just gather up some money and take a trip. So Mm -hmm. we got the guys that took our music to get us, you know, lodging and and hotel and some place to stay over there while we talked to them Mm -hmm. to get our publishing back, you know. Wow. So how they do it? They thought we were coming over to make more music for them. We came over to straighten out our business and get your paper and get our paper. Like, right. how are we going to get paid from this? Like, so with us going over there, mm-hmm. we wind up learning about them. They okay. were, you know, a little shysty. The culture, some, yeah. some, but they were a little shysty. Okay. So we met a guy by the name of Taesung. Mm-hmm. And Taesung, we met him coming off the plane. Mm-hmm. Just young kid, father's, you know, wealthy, and, you know, he's a producer and a writer. So he took us under his wing and said, you know, I respect your music, Teddy. You are my idol, and I want to show you guys the rope. I'm going to introduce you to the movers and the shakers. Mm-hmm. So we got to meet YG. That was the first company. No, no. We went to JYP first. Okay. And after going to JYP, we met another company called, um, I forgot the name, but we met them. Mm-hmm. We didn't go with these folks. And then we went to uh, YG, who put outside mm-hmm. Gun- Gun- Gundam Style. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, they're like the cash money. Um, put it in better words, they're like the Def Jam. Okay. Of Korea, okay, because they're still around. Major they're label, doing, but kind of they're the ones like who have indie. the other group, Big Bang. Yes, who have they're the artists of the year mm-hmm. over there. Okay, so who I respect, uh, YG. I respect, you know, they're they're huge company. Mm-hmm. They they uh, they know their research. They know what they want to do, and they're one of the leading companies over there um, that that are doing it. You know, mm-hmm. they. They're the ones to break one of the biggest records over here and wow. worldwide, which yes. is the uh, Psy record. Yes. Um, 
other than them, it's East Side Movement, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. from Asia. Yeah. So um, I met them. They took us out and they, you know, wine and dine. You know, mm-hmm. when when a company wants you, they'll take they you wine and dine. They will court you. And yeah. Yes. Smooth so, you. but they they're really cool guys, and and um, I still would love to do some work with them. How but long it's were like you when you're there? over there, two years. Two years, okay. Um, when you're over there and you're working with a company, you 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 have to be loyal to one company. So oh, okay. we met with everybody, and then we met with SM Entertainment, mm-hmm. and SM Entertainment became the company that gave us the best uh, platform sure. to to explore and and learn the business over there Mm -hmm. and they took us in first we was there for a week they were like can you just stay a week Mm -hmm. you know and uh we'll put you in a hotel so they we were in this you know this booty poo hotel and it's (laughs) like you know it was like a a hotel slash condominiums Mm -hmm. you know and um it was cool but when sm took over they put me in this Park Hyatt where everything is all glass. Oh, wow. And the tubs is steel and and the whole thing is all push buttons. Sounds like amazing. the old Nico in, <laughs> yeah. in, in California. Yeah, how it used to be. You push a button, close the, the, the drapes. You push a button, turn on the TV. Push one button, turn off all the lights in, in, the, in the room and... We Somewhere out there, Iron Man would You're live. talking about four or $500 a day. Did you see the movie Iron Man? Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere he like would that. live. <laughs> like that. So I'm in there, but they also got a studio for me. And they were like, if you can pr- give us a just a presentation, mm-hmm. you know, give us about as many songs as you can. We want to hear what, you, what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And I said, fine. I'll do it. They put us in the studio. When they put us in the studio... Mind you, I have a hotel that's four hundred, five hundred dollars a day. Wow! That I never got to stay in. What? I'll, I'll go there, shower, go back to the studio. Working twenty four seven. Every time I go there, which I have to go there in another three, four weeks, mm-hmm. I do, I do a camp at least three to four times a year mm-hmm. over there. Okay. So I said, if I'm not going to live over here, I still want to do what I love to do over there. That's awesome. So well, kudos to you for that. But that's career. I uh, I started making music, and then next thing you know, I they that one week turned into two years. And and also album of the year. <laughs> and hello, well, almost forty. Wow, forty to forty-five, fifty placements. Oh my god, fifty records sold. This is crazy. So I um props and being props with my partners, you know, we we had a nice nice living over there sure. to to live and really have a a job and right. something that was substantial and had substance, you Absolutely. know. And and really contributing uh the new Jack Swing sound of music over in Korea. How exciting. You know, firsthand. And um I feel like uh I feel like I'm one of the ones besides Will I Am to mm-hmm. go over there mm-hmm. and make some noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody else came after, you know. And that's, that's why I feel like, yeah, I'm one of the ones to to go over and really make some. As always, one of the ones trailblazing, setting the trends. And I that that goes to say, you know, being one of the ones, you know, I'm just happy to be in the number. But you're a leader. 
whether you yeah. want to call yourself that or not, you're, you're a true leader in the entertainment industry and in the production world and as an artist. And again, just, just props to you for that. Um, the last thing I want to talk to you about, though, is Teddy Riley, the man. You know, I've met you throughout my career. I've been in the game almost 24, almost 25 years now. But I really didn't truly get to meet you until Divine Stevens, shout out to my brother Divine, you yeah. know, really truly my connected us about four years ago. Yeah. And you came and you performed at my event, ATL Live on the Park. But you found out about what I was doing for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. You know, I had this feeding, uh, this dinner we do called No Reservations Needed. And you came on board three years ago mm -hmm. to be my partner. And you've done it again twice. We've done it now three times, and, and we have all these other wonderful things we want to do. Tell me about your heart and what moves you to want to give back and help so many people. Because this is just, a, I'm sure, one of many things that you obviously already do for the community. And, and, and why did you just pour into Atlanta? You had just kind of moved back here. Well, I did it because, you know, when you go to a place you go to a place that is new to you you want to find your place you want to mm -hmm. find your you want to get in where you fit in mm -hmm. and where i fit in it, it just reminds me from you know of where i'm from yeah. from, harlem. from harlem and going to school every day i used to see the homeless mm. every day like just lined up by the the uh the uh train station mm -hmm. on 127th street and Seeing them, I always wanted to just bring something from home yeah. to give them, and I did it. You know, I used to just take my breakfast that I didn't eat or finish and just bring it and just wow. give it to someone, you know. And it was just like, it wasn't just uh, homeless. They were dope fiends. They, mm -hmm. they were drug addicts, yeah. and they didn't have, you know, and... And I didn't have money to give them because that's the first thing they would ask for. Mm -hmm. So I gave food. I gave, you know, give Which them some really, of my candy. It's I was better, like, better though, providing you know, them with something that could, you yeah. know, help nourish them. But that just speaks to the heart of the man and your character. You, like you said, you did this very early on. God kind of instilled that compassion in you, and it's still there now. I did it every year in Virginia. You know, we would feed the homeless. We would give parties for the kids. For Christmas, because mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like I, I wanted people to know me. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted people to know my heart. Absolutely, you know, not me, my heart, and you know that um, I'm a given person. You know, and and that's all around the board. You know, even with my family, you know, people will come to the house, and and I'll I'll give them something. It's mm -hmm. like, what could I give them? Like they came over just out of the blue. Aww. What what could I do, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, here, like, my brother, you know, he doesn't come here a lot, mm -hmm. but, you know, when he does, when he do, it's like, dang, my brother come over, it's like my, my, my brother is my only brother. Your blood brother. Yeah, Markel, and, you know, he would come and see something, except for one time, I'll tell you what that is. <laughs> okay. But he would see something. He's like, "Man, you got the you got the news flyboard." And I'm like, "You like that? Take it." And, and I do that with him, my son, my sister. You know, they would come, and and I'm just giving. You're blessing and, and that's others. just because 
God's blessing you. God is blessing me. Mm-hmm. And he gave me a gift. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to give. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because Absolutely. it was given to me. Sure. Life every day. Uh, success. Um, the great people around me because I had the worst people. Mm-hmm. But he switched that. He's just mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a puzzle. Yeah. I'm taking these out. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting these in, mm-hmm. and he he put the right people around me. You know, so now if anything is to happen, it's it's my fault because mm-hmm. I'm hard headed, which I am sometimes. We all are. We're but, human, right? But yeah, we're human, and we only live once. Right. So. Um, sometimes we feel like, yo, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out with a bag. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so um, I feel like uh, that's just my heart. I have to I have to give mm-hmm. and not just not to get. Mm-hmm. I have to give even if I don't get. Absolutely. And um, that's what I want to leave. I want to leave people with this gift this gift that God has blessed me with. Uh, it's so amazing. I'm so looking forward to all of the community projects. Oh yeah, me too. Be a part of next year. That's, that's our thing, you know, like I'm really, really looking forward to just doing stuff for the community and, and really building because it's so crazy. A lot of people from New York and Detroit and Chicago and all the different major cities in California are here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm giving to our people. Absolutely. Our neighborhood. Like a lot of people from my projects are here. Are here. Wow. Really? A lot. And they're still coming. Yeah, Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is a place of family. And you and know, you know at, what? It's a place where people can build or buy homes that are affordable yes. compared to the Northeast to create that feeling of family. Mm-hmm. You're right. That is so right. Um, I can attest to that because I really feel like I've been here and when I was living in California, it was expensive. And I'm paying half of what I pay in California here in Atlanta. So um, I'm really really grateful being here because there's no way I would be able to live here if it was like California. Mm-hmm. So, and even New York, New York is like, I think it's a little higher than California. <laughs> yeah. Certain places. Like, certain places you can't go. You have almost 10 years. Whew, yeah. Before it leaves, it's no joke. It is. And it, I'm telling you, it's like, wow, I can't live in Fort Lee. I was living in East Rutherford. Oh, yeah. With the football players. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And um, I moved from there. And I used I to s- go to the Gucci outlet over there all the time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. They have so many outlets here and different things. I've never been to an outlet in my life. I've never been to any the outlet. The outlets here not- are like, eh, but Woodbury Commons in Jersey is the truth. Yeah, Jersey is. Yeah. I heard it's crazy over yeah. there. Yeah, so, But I've never yeah. been to any of the outlets and... I said, you know, to myself, I'm going to try and get out, you know, because that's why I took off this year. I took off Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Christmas and New Year's. Last year, we bought in the New Year's in Japan. Nice. And when we did, it was about three or four earthquakes. What? Yeah, they just come. They <coughs> just scary. come like, you know, like a day. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's at almost at the same time every night, like between 
two o'clock in the morning and six o'clock mm-hmm. and sometimes nine. And one we experienced like after, you know, having this great performance, bringing in the New Year's. And you can actually see all of this stuff online. Okay. Um, but bringing in the New Year's and we get to the hotel, we, we did the after celebration. And next thing you know, everything is moving, the chandeliers. And, and we came out of our room just looking at each other like, the guy said, no worry, because this building ain't going nowhere. Because mm. they build the buildings, they build all of, sorry, they mm-hmm. build the buildings over in Asia mm-hmm. to go like this. To just able, like yeah, really to flexible. Yeah, it's like this. All of that. It ain't going nowhere. Wow. And that's, wow. The technology over there is amazing. Amazing. Well, before I let you go, you got to tell everybody what's next for you on the production side. Is there like a, a artist out there, you know, emerging or established that you hadn't worked with? Because it seems like you're doing a lot more production now. Well, Anything we need to know about? I'll name some of the uh, established artists I'm working with. Um, Eric Benet. Ooh, okay. Um, Anthony Hamilton. Dope. Uh, some Anthony Hamilton. Mac Wow. Wow. I'm, uh, okay. I got his first single. Really? Yeah, I'm on his first single and um, as a feature and you. No, 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 no. Producing. Okay. Producing. Okay, gotcha. And then um, who else? Uh, I'm supposed to be working with Demetria Kenny. McKinney. McKinney. Yes. And one of my clients. Um, SWV. I gave them a song. And uh, I'm just waiting for them to give me a time when we're going to cut it. Okay. Because they, they love the record and their management is like, let's let's really figure this out because this, this record needs to be on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. Um, who else? Uh, the new Teddy Riley album. I'm okay. working with Teddy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's actually when supposed to be the soundtrack coming? for my book. Okay. I'm not going to drop my book until there's music for it. Okay. Why? Because I really feel like that's my way of uh, giving a gift. You know, you're reading about my life, but you're listening to the music that Mm -hmm. is the soundtrack of my life and Mm -hmm. why I am and my purpose in life. Yes. So um, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to do this album. It's going to be uh, Talkbox and Vocoder, and it's going to be uh, some I guest appearances. Not wait. And it's going to be really something that you're going to be able to just listen around the house, and it's going to have you thinking. It's going to have you happy, mm-hmm. hopes, mm-hmm. you know, encouraged, yes. uplifted, dancing your behind off, Already. and um, emotional. Um, because, you know, I always have to put that song that is going to make people understand, you know, things like this can happen. It's the way of the world. It's mm-hmm. the frequency of life. And um, I have it, you know. Uh, my partner, Sanjeev, who became a a songwriter, you know, and he's a surgeon. Mm-hmm. And we, he started writing these songs. I was like, man, I've been looking for a someone to help me lyrically write records for my talk box mm-hmm. and write records for my vocoder. Yes. And 
when he came around, he said, man, I write songs. I was like, um, here's another one. And then next thing you know, I started listening to his songs. And what came to my mind is like, these are vocoder songs. And he's a writer. He's not a singer. He's just trying to get his point across mm-hmm. so people can hear what he can do. Mm-hmm. So I took those songs and I said, you know what? I'm going to start comp- composing my vocoder and stuff around these lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I started them and I said, wow, this is going to be powerful. And um, it's going to be something unheard Please of. Please document all of that. I am. Please. I, I have to because uh, when I start, I have to be off the road. So I'm probably, this is the month I took off. I'm going to take another month off. Mm-hmm. I know we go back out on the road in February after I come back from Korea and Japan. I'm going on one of those dates, by yeah, the way. You should. I'm you have to. I'm already telling you. So put me on the manifest. Uh, you could take. You actually take my room. <laughs> I sleep in the studio. Tell I sleep the in the. St- so, um, but yeah, I um, I got to do that. And then we go back out on the road and okay. for about another month, and then they're trying. It's, 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 I'm put a little birdie out there. Uh-uh. They're trying to do this guy tour. Say it right so. And that's because everybody Woo! saw me and Aaron on stage. Mm-hmm. And people are now wondering. Do you know how long we've been waiting for this? Well, I'll tell you this. Oh, my God. They're working God. out our situation and with Aaron. And, and I talked to Damien, Damien and myself. <laughs> You know, well, when you see Damien, just tell him I love him. I will. I will do and, that. Um, That's my brother. And, uh, you know, I always feel this way. I just really felt like he had, you know, I don't know, something against me. But I I just really feel like this thing can come together. Mm-hmm. And for especially for our people, we've been a group that really kind of set, you know, culture and life, lifestyle. Kind of? Kind of? You think? <laughs> no, seriously. I I say that with with all due respect. You did. Like you you didn't kind of. You absolutely did. Those songs we could put them on today. We remember exactly where we were, and what yeah. we were wearing, mm-hmm. who we were talking to. You know, you you hear people say that you know music is the soundtrack to our life. It really is. Right. And the guy, music and albums in that time period was such a big part of our life. It it definitely was. You know it. It really kind of gave me relationships. Yeah, I, wow. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Let's chill. Whew. Was the time I really set in my life? I want to settle down. Okay, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. I have a question. Go okay, ahead. you as a producer would know this. There's a song on one of the guy albums where you had to listen. Somebody thought Aaron that, was saying Aaron dumb was bitch. Aaron was saying dumb bitch. Yeah. Did he really say dumb bitch? No, it's a scat. I Sound just like dumb bitch. Everybody and and it's like no way. Yeah. I've been wanting to know that like since I was a little girl. No, he he didn't, and we definitely so what, what, could. How do you explain that? What is what was it? it he's scatting. Uh-huh. You know, dumb dumb yeah. did yeah. So that almost sound like dumb bitch. Dumb dumb did Okay. So oh <laughs> dumb did. Gotcha. That's what he was doing. So you gonna make me get in my car tonight. I'm but you know what? I, I I have to keep it in. You know, I kept it in suspense for so long. But people have to know the truth, and that's what it is. You know, we're okay. we're about the truth. Aaron is a true singer, true mm-hmm. voice, 
and Damien is definitely a true I saw dancer them at and Wolf voice. Freak earlier this summer, it was good to see them. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I always wish I could be on that stage with them. You mm-hmm. know, it's just um, at that moment in time, you know, everything wasn't, happens when it's supposed. Yeah. To. So, w- so y'all it, heard it here on props. You might get to go see God next year. No, I'm I'm saying you're gonna. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hey, gonna. you heard it. It's here. just it's just the time and when we're gonna do it because. You know, I do have still Black Street again, sure. and I do have Korea, Korea in my in my life, and, and everything. And I really feel I deserve the chance. Wow, what to, a blessing to, to be a part of to two do. really important groups of our time. You know, it's so crazy. I'm probably the only producer that's been a part of so many groups: Rex and Effect, right. Black Street, Guy. <sighs> You know, Major props. That's sure, so special. I, I'll be a third or fourth member of any group. You <laughs> could be a Toady Toady Teddy. Shut up. <laughs> I'm in Toady Toady Teddy. Uh-uh. <laughs> BBD Teddy. BB, BBT. <laughs> uh, or BB, BBDT. <laughs> you know. It. But, you know. That's um crazy. Shoot. I'm, I'm that, that guy that goes and jam with anybody. I jam with Charlie Wilson and... Gotta for, love for actually Charlie, three hours, right? I jammed with him for That's three a, hours on him. on the Tom Joyner cruise. Oh, you know, and I am, I'm just, I, I'll go and just jam. <laughs> Give me a oh, vocoder. I'm a, I'm a jam, and and I'm gonna make something happen, even if I don't know the music. I'm a, you know, how we just improvise. I mean, I know so, we're, we're friends now. I can I can actually confidently call you friend, but I just have to say this: thank you, Mr. Teddy Riley. Thank you for all that you, know. you have done for our culture, for music, and for the world. Well, You're thank you. You're such an inspiration. Know, I've been I've been taught by the best. You know, Michael Jackson is the best, and he instilled you know. A lot of the things that I do now today and the way that I think mm-hmm. have been instilled in me by him, you know, just by listening to him. I didn't ask him to, you know, tell me this or, but you've been you know, I didn't you drill him. Too, though. Props to your parents, yeah. right? You- but I'm not talking about my career, just me being as a person, as a person, sure. a hu- humanitarian, yes. you know, yes. it's just that's instilled in me by the best, the best. So special. Well, you got to love technology. Um, You know, I got, thank God I was able to reach out to a couple of people. You heard my quote from Jermaine, from Eddie, from Rico Wade. Um, And this last one is really special. And shout out to my good friend, Kawan KP Prather, who works for Pharrell. KP. You know KP. Yes, definitely. My brother KP. So the last quote that I'm so proud of to be able to read is from Pharrell Williams. And Pharrell says, Teddy's the master architect when it comes to building feeling in music. Wow. You make us feel the music. I have to. You know, I that, do it's you because like, when I'm in so this special when I'm in the room in, in, in the studio, you know, I don't get there and just bop on my music. Mm-hmm. I have feelings like, you know, how I think people will feel when they hear this song. And I, I damn near break down. Like I break down in my creative flow, mm-hmm. and and it just comes to like, it, and it's not, it's not me, mm-hmm. you know, because your flesh, you you're in your flesh, you're gonna be strong, no and you're doubt. gonna be like, oh man, 
I'm a man. I'm, I'm no, right. I, it's something that God does to me when I do this music takes over and, and tears just comes out for no reason at mm. all or sweat. Mm-hmm. Like I'll sweat and it's cold in this room mm-hmm. and I'll be in here making a composition mm-hmm. and in a zone. I'm in a zone. I love it. So, well, thank you again so much. Tell everybody how they can reach you on social media. You can reach me on Facebook uh, under I am Teddy. Okay. I am Teddy Rowley. Um, what about and, Twitter? And on Twitter, it's Teddy Rowley, one word, the, mm-hmm. the number one. The number one. Okay. Yeah. So, so appropriate, right? The it's it's, one it's easy. And the reason why time. I did I am Teddy, I am Teddy Rowley, um, it's because it's either I am Teddy or I am Teddy Rowley. Because I've been under several Teddy rallies and mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I need to change all of these that mean something to me to mm-hmm. I am Teddy mm-hmm. or I am Teddy Rally. So I had my assistant do it, you know, and put it on our cards because I want people to go straight there because they'll go, is this the one with you with the fur on and, or is it the one with you with the white on? And I'm mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I think it's the one with me with the fur on. Try that one. <laughs> so, and both of them are full. So I'm like, Go to the I Am Teddy. Because okay. uh, if it's we'll, I Am Teddy. We'll lead people there for sure. Yeah. And we'll be following you. You've been listening to episode eight of Props, everybody. This is Shanti Das signing off with Mr. Teddy Riley. Yep, yep.